episode of Dirt Road Divinity, we're going back to the vault, replaying episode five conversation with Scott Wade. Now, Scott is actually my uncle Scotty, who passed away this past summer, but his conversion from bourbon monk to holistic hillbilly helped him extend his life for many years beyond a cancer diagnosis and also helped him recognize the power of living in alignment with the soul. Where we explore Uncle Scotty's perspectives on the power of breath, nutrition, movement, nature, and especially the power of love. Hello everyone and welcome to episode five of Dirt Road Divinity. This is where we talk about the scenic route of the soul. And today I am so excited that Dirt Road Divinity has a family flair. And I'm so happy to be joined by my uncle, Uncle Scott Wade. Hi, how are you? Well, I am absolutely blessed, Lisa. And I see you are too. I am. I think that's the, that's the right way to go through life. <laughs> When we can, absolutely. You are sitting in one of my absolute favorite places. This is uh, this is my one of my favorite prayer spots. It's absolutely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. You know, when when I come your direction around Christmas, one of my very favorite treats of, at the holidays or any other time is to get to come visit your land and your space and your view. And they're right in the middle of, you know, the, the forest, but also on a river with scenes from, you know, the pasture side. And it's just, there's something sacred about where you, where you live. And there's something sacred about the way that I've always seen you walk with nature. As even as a child watching you out in the woods, I could always tell that you had a special relationship with the earth and the world around you. Would you tell me a little bit about that? Well, um, it may be in my DNA, but this is not my place. This is God's place. And God brought me here and uh, said, sit down and get near me here. And so that is nature for me, I believe, is a place to either sit down to hike, bike, or whatever, or just to meditate and get near get near God and his creation and to feel that energy that uh, the love that uh, has been put into all of the uh, surroundings in, in our natural form. Yeah. Yeah. And you seem to really make the most of that. And that's something I've always appreciated. You know, I was thinking about this whole idea of, of dirt road divinity and I've walked a few dirt roads with you, but I've loved the experiences where we've walked together in places that had no road and you took the machete and created the path. Right. And it seems that there's something about that to the spiritual walk too, that sometimes it's not the well-paved path to a pew or to, you know, someplace where other people go, but sometimes it's a matter of carving your own, carving your own path, making your own way. And it seems like that's something you've had the courage, the courage to do. Well, I believe we have to work at what's at hand. And uh, if you happen to be wherever your location is, then uh, try to get to touch it, you know, feel it. Uh, feel feel what's there for your growth and understanding. Because many times we overlook wherever we're at. We'll overlook 
what's coming to us for growth. Mm -hmm. uh, many of the great men in history never reached out further than the end of their arm for the things they needed. And I believe that uh, we've lost that feeling and it needs to return to us. It's very comforting and calming, it's peaceful. Now I have one question. Um, you talk about growth and the world around us being a place to grow. Your path hasn't exactly been easy, kind of your whole life. I, there've been, I, I call it fog, effing opportunities for growth, you know? but it seems like they've been, uh, they've been a constant. Um, is there anything you'd like to say about that? Uh, just the opportunity to look obstacle or challenge in the face and decide what to do with it. I think that is an opportunity. Uh, many times, many times when we stump our toe, we'll jump around in pain and curse whatever we hit our toe against. But actually, it was our toe that we were pounding against the uh, chair leg or or the the dresser. Mm -hmm. uh, challenges. <clears throat> everyone says makes us grow, but not always. Sometimes challenges, uh, if we interpret as this sucks, become things that set us back. Um, so I guess in my life, I've looked at challenges from uh, what's the blessing? <clears throat> what's the blessing at the end of this? Mm -hmm. you know, after I walk through this valley, what's the mountaintop look like? Yeah. And uh, so that kept me walking through many of the dark, uh, areas of, of my life, I think. Yeah. Because I want to see what that next mountaintop looks like. Yeah, I, I love that. And as someone who, I appreciate the fact that you also appreciate the mountaintop, and <laughs> and visit it often, <laughs> as often as you can, from what I can, from what I can tell on your your vacation pictures <laughs> that you share. Um, one area where I'm I'm going to get personal for a minute. And one thing that I have found so intriguing and has been such a, such a great study in what, you, what, what people have the opportunity to do with challenge has been the distinction, and, and please know I mean no disrespect to anyone else here, but the distinction between how you and your brother, who's my dad, have faced challenge. I mean, some with the similar, similar health situations that you've had to, to address from birth, um, but just a very different mindset in how to approach your, your control or your responsibility or whatever for, for, for your health and for your future. And I've, as I've watched you, I've just been amazed and inspired by how you've you've tackled especially some of the health challenges and you know one of the reasons i now lovingly refer to you as the holistic hillbilly you know because as someone who lives I, you'd be the best off-grid you know zombie apocalypse team member ever in my opinion because you know how to get stuff done but it's like you've taken that know-how of how to operate in the world and applied it to your own health and longevity and well-being in a way that a lot of backwoods folks from, you know, the middle of rural America might not have thought about. Well, and 
and I think that's the answer is what do you do when you have a challenge? Do you, do you go for it and learn all you can about it so you can be victorious? Or do you sit back and go, well, you know, I drink whiskey for 30 years. And so I guess my liver should just fall out of me. Well, from, from my perspective, that's the wrong attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's okay to, uh, I guess it's okay to own your, your problems, but it's also okay to say that day stops here mm-hmm. and then move on to something else. What, you know, why does my, uh, why does my heart miss a beat? Uh, there's medicine that you can take that, that helps that uh, uh, symptom. But I think in real healthcare, we need to look deep and, and figure out what's going on with, uh, with the energies in our body. And, uh, and if we believe that, that food is our medicine, Mm-hmm. then we should learn all we can about the foods that we take in and how they affect our bodies. And then we should understand how they affect us personally. Uh, just like every breath we take, is it better to, is it better to take a long inhale or an exhale? Well, it's according to what you want, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. You, you've definitely been sharing about the idea that, that food is medicine and watching how you've been in a lot of ways, your own health advocate um, has been, it, it's just been incredibly inspiring. But I remember as a little kid, um, your engagement with martial arts, for example, and now your engagement with, with other energy moving techniques, what, what role has that played in your, in your, how you operate through the world and how you connect with, the beyond, whatever your phrase for that might be. Well, <clears throat> I think we all have an opportunity to be a temple of God. Mm. Do we, do we accept that? Is that something that we can go, <laughs> wow, now that I've realized this, I want to, I want to be the best temple of God I can be. Mm-hmm. Or do we go, yeah, I remember someone saying something about it that once, and I can't remember what they ever did with it. Well, okay, but what's your choice? If you if you get the opportunity to be the temple of God, which you have when you're born, uh, how do you deal with that? From a martial arts perspective, <laughs> to teach martial arts in the Ozarks in the 1970s, uh, was an interesting uh, adventure because uh, most of my family was uh, Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. So to teach martial arts, you immediately uh, became a person who was probably probably one of those from some some foreign uh, persuasion. Mm-hmm. You know? As a matter of fact, I, I was. I just returned from a study with a uh, with a prominent uh, Dallas monk, and someone asked me, "What's his religion?" And I'm going, "You know, I spent three days with this guy, and we never talked about religion. We talked about love, and that if we're connected to the 
to the true spirit of light, then we are love. Um, and anything that we display that isn't love is uh, not from the true spirit of light. So, but we didn't, we didn't talk about religion and dogma and um, how many times I should bow and pray each day. Um, so for me, religion and spirituality are, are different things. Uh, and can they, can they get on the same path? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I think that you can be a religious person and be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and be a temple of God. And you can also be a religious person that's filled with the devil and, and covered in hate. Yeah. And um, does that make you better off uh, to the world one way or another? Mm, probably so. Yeah. Probably so. There's, there's maybe a, there may be a lot of reason that love is in the world, and I don't know what they all are, but I do know one thing: that when there's love, it feels better. It's peace. It's calm. It's joy, and it's happy. Mm -hmm. I like happy. <laughs> oh, I'll go with happy. Go with happy. Joy is a good thing. <laughs> Something to pursue. You know, we've had conversation. Thank you for that, for sharing that perspective. And, you know, I would, I would love to hear more about your three-day study and kind of what motivated you to, it's in Utah, right? Did you go to Utah? For I that? did. I spent, I spent three days in Utah with a monk. And what motivated me was, uh, from my martial arts perspective, we did exercises that were uh, formally designed to do specific things that, uh, that were a reflection of violence. And as a martial artist, you condition yourself to react automatically, uh, like a mirror. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no emotion involved in, in reacting like a mirror. A mirror just sits there and shows you what's in front of it. And, um, but from that training, from that training, the violent training, I realized that there was health benefits from that training because at the, at the time I started studying martial arts, I was supposed to be dying. Yeah. And um, by the time I became a black belt, I was supposed to have been dead. And over the years, I've considered those happenings and circumstances and events and always knew that from the very basics, uh, there was breath. Uh, and the way I taught was breath, balance, focus, speed, and power. Mm -hmm. But the basic of all is breath. And from our breath, we get, of course, our energy. And it allows us to sustain ourselves. It, it's one of the things that allows us to sustain ourselves. But breath is so important that many times we don't realize it till we're using our last one. Oof. And from also being there and thinking that I'm, that this is my last breath and what will I do with it? Um, then that put me back on the road of discovery of if the basics of all the other things I've learned is breath, then I need to go back and learn more about the basics. So, 
after about 44 years of study, and I've always told the folks that breath is the basics and, and breath is important, and I've studied breath, and so I'm studying it again from, from the word go, from the first inhale. With the beginner's mind, even, it seems like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the way you must always remain in order to learn, because if you've got your mind made up about something, you have a prejudice that's going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, a very good point. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I, and I may well be, but if I remember correctly, it's from this spot, your prayer spot. Do you have a daily, like, is it a Qigong practice that you do or a, a daily movement practice that incorporates breath and energy movement? I do. And that varies according to my current physical condition. If I, if I need to tonify a certain uh, organ, I feel like that I'm lacking in an area. Maybe my liver needs a little work or my kidneys need some some more energy then uh, i'll do specific exercises that actually will bring energy to those organs and in in different systems i think they the organs would align with the chakras Mm -hmm. and and a person would then try to uh, get the energy flowing through those in order to be uh, have vitality and health Mm -hmm. wonderful where do uh, okay, so it took me going away, moving moving to a coast to start learning and hearing about the chakras. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at the heart of middle America, you know, not really the Southern Baptist conversation that you grew up with or that I grew up with. So what? where did, where, where did this start for you? I mean, the conversation about energy, about alignment, about the fact that with your mind and with your intention, you can affect your body. I, I think probably the greatest impact was my martial arts study. <clears throat> and, then, and then just naturally the Chinese, uh, the traditional Chinese medicine that came along with that, uh, which involves the meridians of the body, not only for, uh, to direct energy to those to harm, but to heal. So yeah, there, there's a lot of things that have been discovered many, many years ago that are now being validated by our current um, technical medical systems. And I enjoy that. And I like, uh, I like to follow when there is validation uh, because my, <laughs> my traditional Chinese uh, medicine doctor, when you would ask him, how does this work? He would go, don't know how it works, just works. <laughs> yeah. And so that was good enough for thousands of years. But today we have to know how. <laughs> yep. So, so when we know how, then, then we think we really are controlling something. <clears throat> but we're just knowing the current how and the current discovery of how. You know, I, I know that you've spent a lot of your career interacting in, in one way or the other with the with the healthcare system. And so often it seems that in Western medicine, if we can't dissect it or see it on an x-ray or you know on a on a in a lab test, that it can't be real. It can't be true. But from what I've seen for you, your personal real life lived experience is different. 
different? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with I have the great. I was an EMT early on. Uh, basically, I became an EMT because I became a father, and I didn't understand how to. Uh, I, I wasn't confident in my ability of dealing with maybe the little emergencies that occur with uh, parenthood mm. and with the children that uh, that I'm now responsible or was then responsible for caring for. So, so I became an ENT, EMT uh, because of that, and then somehow was drawn into the medical system uh, over the years in in several different administrative type uh, responsibilities. But I never lost the, uh, I never lost the uh, desire to help people physically and, and I guess even, even emotionally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And that became even greater with martial arts because then, then I was actually hands-on training people to get through whatever their current challenge was, whether they were being bullied or whether they had uh, inferiority complexes or whatever else. Mm-hmm. That's, thank you. Thank you for that. That's, that's beautiful. You know, one thing that has intrigued me to watch is you've, you've been, you've been handed several diagnoses over the years, right? And it's almost like you've looked at those diagnoses and what they're supposed to mean, according to modern medicine, and gone, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I got a different way. And, um, and it seems that that's made all the difference. Well, if we're talking about health, then we have to talk about what builds health. You know, what, what, are, the, what are the products of a healthy, uh, vital person? And I sleep well, <laughs> you know, that's and nice it, to say there, there's one and I, I exercise. There's two specific exercise. It's targeted maybe more, maybe more so than conventional exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of nutrition because I've had to be, um, the majority of people, who die of cancer, die of malnutrition. And ironically, improper nutrition is usually what gets them there. Okay. But then, yeah, you've got that attitude thing. <laughs> and, and I don't know whether that's a DNA, but there's our four things. We, we want to sleep. We want to eat well. We want to exercise well. And we want to have an attitude, a can-do attitude. Mm-hmm. I remember about six years ago, a doctor told me, he goes, oh, sorry to tell you the biopsy came back that you have a terminal cancer. You have non-Hodgkin lymphoma, it's terminal. And he looked me in the eye like that. And I said, doctor, are you trying to tell me that it's going to be more difficult for me to live to be 100 years old? <laughs> And he long pause stares and then goes, I will not say anything to discourage you. And I said, good, because if you do, I'm going to get a different doctor. So I said, you can run the test. We can look at those tests. We can see where I'm at and how I improve each day. 
Mm -hmm. uh, some days I didn't improve, but then eventually, uh, some days I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and it, I appreciate the fact that you decided that him saying that he wasn't the last word, <laughs> you know, that. No, that, that told me where I was in my current position, which was in a very dark, very dark, deep, dangerous valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and, oh, and you. Don't stop there. We just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in hell, keep, yeah, keep on moving through it, right? <laughs> you never want to stop in hell. Um, the fact that you've been so proactive and taken such personal responsibility for your own health has been um, really an inspiration. And I, it seems that in addition to the four things that you mentioned, um, that there's something about that journey that's also in some way deepened your faith, or at least that's how it seems from the outside, um, deepened your relationship with, with spirit. Uh, it, is that true? Or was it, was it always there? Has have you grown closer? What, what, what's that journey been like? I think I've always been a monk. Um, but for many years, I was a bourbon monk. And uh, that is probably what gave me the opportunity to be so challenged uh, with some of my physical problems. Mm -hmm. um, so once I realized that, I started making adjustments to correct that, and that was, uh, I, I told someone the other day what it was, and, and so the dates are a little different, but that was eight years, six months, and a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And on that journey, I began to understand that, uh, well, basically I was given words of, you need to eat this food for this, you know, do this now, do this now do the do the dandelion root tea now because if you're on chemo you're going to need something to keep your liver clean mm. you know you got to get those toxins out so there's certain messages that have come to me but from the spiritual aspect i think the <laughs> the the my greatest connection uh is was probably when i was taking one of my last breaths mm. and i was i realized that i was that I had no spirit of God within me, that I was laying on a couch dying and had maybe a breath or two left. And I thought, well, I'm not going to die laying down here. I'm going to get up. And something said, yeah, get up and go outside. And so I got up and I went outside and I'm outside and something says, look up. And I looked up and an eagle comes from way up there, folds its wings and just dove toward my chest. Hmm. and when it did God said I'm returning my spirit to you now what are you going to do with it so that's a heck of a predicament to be placed in but here <laughs> I am <laughs> wow wow yeah I was angry I was angry I, and I told God, I said, just let me die and, and I'll rot and that, that'll be the end of it. And, uh, and he said, no, I'm going to fire you up with this eagle and you're going to walk with that now. It appears and, you've still got work to do. 
Huh? It appears you've still got work to do. Uh, apparently so. I'm almost sweating thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing these days to bring all this insight and wisdom and energy to the world? What am I doing to bring it to the world? Yeah, you, you've got some stuff going in the in the background, don't you? I'm I'm talking I'm talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> and and uh, I share I share my experiences when I can with people and mm-hmm. tell them that there is hope, that there is a God that loves them, even though many people think they're unloved, and no one nowhere no way could love them, and. Uh, and that people are loved and forgiven, but they need to also realize where they're at with that love. What do they do with it? They have to share it. It isn't something that you hoard up and, and you have like a, a bag of gold. It's something that, uh, that God gives us to not only allow the energy to flow through us, but into other people and to ignite them and to light their fire. Mm. So I guess I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a, a one-to-one uh, evangelistic tour. Welcome. <laughs> Reminding people of love. Reminding people of love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you've got to start by loving yourself. Because Amen. if you love yourself, there's, there's no way that you can go any further. And so many times we get trapped in that because people will make us feel like that we're worthless and that we shouldn't even love ourselves. And that's a lie. I don't believe it. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And you've, you've known a thing or two about dealing with when the energies around you aren't supportive or uplifting or encouraging and might be the kind of energies that feel more like quicksand than like wings. Um, and what it takes to rise out to rise out of that that that's not always the easiest journey we operate in two distinct parts of our brain and this is one that we can train we can train to go get that animal that's back there somewhere the japanese call it the bushido it's a it's a warrior animal um we can train to to call upon the warrior. Um, the same training should allow us to come from that warrior state into that peaceful love state. We're only as, we only have as much violence as we do healing within us. And it's up to us to stay on that healing side and to provide healing for others, just like we need to provide healing for ourselves and accept that healing. Um, so to stay in this in this frontal portion of your head takes some effort for some of us. And the more toxins we have in us, the more disease we have in us, the more uh, stress that we have, the more difficult it is not to go into that fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And with fight or flight, there is no logic. We just react according to what we think will get us through the situation, whether that be uh, uh, violence or, or whatever. Uh, but, but there's no consideration. T- 
to stay there is sickness and death. To move into the, the higher brain and to live from that, that higher perspective, that ironically is pretty close to this area here. <laughs> yep. It's yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how to tie all of the little string pieces together, but I do know that there's certain physical things that we can do and certain thoughts that we can put into our own heads that help bring us into that logical, loving, joyful mode of our mind mm-hmm. and to leave that nasty, uh, violent, reactive mode behind as frequently as possible. Uh, I've never seen, I've never seen maybe anyone who could not ever go to the bad place in their head because occasionally we hear voices that we go, oh yeah, that must be true. And then all of a sudden, bang, we're in a bad place and our thoughts are, are working against us rather than to soothe us and depower us. They're, they're pounding us down rather than lifting us up. Yeah. Uh, so stay away from that part of the head. Is <laughs> a big deal. And we can do, and we can actually do that with, with certain practices it medically, medically proven. <laughs> it, yeah, it can happen. It, and nowadays they, there's been people that have actually taken the, the dollars to medically see the change of electric of uh, electric energy move from the fight and flight into the love and, and, and rest and, and be happy and joyous portion of the brain through specific breathing techniques. Isn't that amazing? Breath is the beginning. It seems that the opportunity to connect breath with something you you do quite well that I've noticed is gratitude. It seems like you look around and, and, and it's not like you have to look hard for something to be grateful for, but that that's become a predisposition of how you view the world. Yeah, I found my car keys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You know, if, if, if you lose your keys and you're not thanking the Lord that you're going to find them and being happy at that moment that you found your keys, whether you have them or not whether you have health or not, if you're not grateful that you, <laughs> I had a doctor's visit the other day and I walked into the doctor as a new guy. <clears throat> and he said, how are you today? And I said, I'm blessed. He's looking over my records and he starts laughing and he goes, yes, you are. <laughs> he I said, just it. by being able to get up and walk here and, you know, walk around here, you're blessed. And I said, that's the reason I said it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Recognize it before anybody else has to tell you <laughs> that so, that's the case. So gratitude, and, and I discovered this many, many years ago. I was working on a, I, well, it was in the Sunday school lesson that morning, as a matter of fact. And uh, then I was messing with my uh, breaker box because my well had quit working. And I was messing with some wires, and I got this little screw out, and it fell to the ground in this grass, and I couldn't find it. I looked I, I, everywhere and couldn't find it. And I thought, well, maybe I'll try out that Sunday school lesson. And so I said, thank you, Jesus, for me being able to find that little brass screw that, you know, I'd have to, who knows, go get one out of a breaker box somewhere. And I don't know where that's at. And so I started saying, thank you. Thank you for 
for giving me that screw back. And I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm being thankful. <laughs> the next, the next time I looked down to the ground, it was just like right there. And so I said, wow. Thank you. And so that became an indicator for me that maybe I haven't been thankful enough about certain things. And mm. so gratitude, yeah, we have to we have to be thankful for things that we don't have in order to have them. Sometimes it's health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's vitality. Yep. Mm. But then the small things, there's so many small things, you know, that, you know, thank, thank you, Lord. I didn't step on that copperhead, you know, <laughs> just very, you know, very, because that could have made him mad and then it could have been a bad day for me. So perhaps that is the essence of your famous, you know, sign off line, which is be groovy, be groovy, be groovy. Maybe it starts with being grateful, which allows you to be groovy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't be groovy without being grateful because you just don't have it in your heart. Mm, I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to share everything. <laughs> but, <laughs> but some people will go, Oh no, please. <laughs> uh, I am so incredibly grateful for you taking the time to talk to me today. It's always, it's always just a joy, whether we're in person and, and now, thanks to the miracles of technology, being able to, to experience the edge, but experience you like this, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful. So thank you for your time. Well, thanks for wanting to talk to me today. I sure appreciate it. I, I'm always willing to share. I'm not always available to share, but I'm always willing when I am. Well, your insights and wisdom and connection with the earth and, you know, the times that we've spent together in the woods or on the river or, you know, I, I have I have learned to deepen my appreciation for the outside world and the, and the connection. I mean, you can have a very real connection with nature, with the earth, with the animals. And I've, I've learned a lot of that from you. And I'm getting a little teary because I, I truly am grateful for that. That makes such a difference in life when we can when we can walk through or dance through this journey with that kind of with that kind of connection it just it, it it's like it changes everything so thanks for for being a, a way shower there well you're welcome and i think it changes everything also <laughs> yeah well i look forward to seeing you again and giving you a big old hug in person and for now i'll just say thank you very much and thank you to everybody who is watching and, and listening today hopefully there's something that a nugget that you could take away to help inspire and, and motivate and encourage you on your own scenic route of the soul so uncle scotty i love you <laughs> thank you very much and we'll sign off bye Thank you for listening to episode five of Dirt Road Divinity. If you haven't yet, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date on all of the upcoming conversations. Also, if you like what you hear, go ahead and give it a like or leave a review. That actually really helps other people find the podcast as well. If you'd like to see the video versions of these conversations, head over to YouTube, to my channel, it's Lisa Wade Alchemy, and you can find all of the Dirt Road Divinity video conversations there as well. 